and welcome to another episode of Popcorn Optional, episode 8, where we will be doing a ranking of our favorite Pixar films. We're going from 17 to 1 through everything from Toy Story up until Cars 2. We're doing it this way because I could not convince my two co-hosts to go see Cars 3 this weekend, and we all love the rest of the Pixar repertoire, so I figured why not actually do something that we like and are invested in. So, my name is Cameron Selena. I'm here tonight with Jake Brown and Trevor Allison. How are we doing, guys? Doing great. Good, although after seeing the Cars 3 reviews, I'm a little disappointed we didn't go see it. But only okay. a little. Were you guys shocked that Cars 3 was where it was as far as ranking or like as far as reviews go i, I was I, mean, I was pretty surprised although it seems like they may have realized they phoned it in with the second one and needed to make something real out of the third one yeah i i mean i wanted it to get good like i don't ever want a movie to be bad um i'm just like kind of out on this world as a whole so i just wasn't really that interested so what's interesting is that neither of you guys have seen cars 2 like, have you guys just not wanted to see it, or are you just so done by the first movie and by the fact that the second one's pretty much Mater's movie that you were just out on the second one already? Yeah, Cars, the, f- the first Cars was was just very bland, very run-of-the-mill children's movie, not what I expect from my Pixar. Great visually, great attention to detail, beautiful visually, but it just, it there was nothing there. Very little story. Agreed. It, it felt like a typical kids movie, and that's not what I'm wanting from Pixar. Like, Pixar makes kid movies, yes, but everybody gets something out of it. It felt like a merchandise grab almost, and it like John Lasseter's weird obsession or fetish with humanized cars. <laughs> I don't know. I'm what just... if that was? I mean, that's. <laughs> I hate that word because fetish in my head is just such a like. It puts it in such a sexual connotation. Well, maybe it is. I'm not saying it's, it's like, not. <laughs> I'm not saying hey, it's not. Okay. <laughs> to each his own. I don't want to think about that. I mean, I like John Lasseter, and I don't want to think about his obsession with cars. Okay. Well, but I'm just saying. I, think, okay, so, so, I mean, we've already spent more time talking about Cars 2 than I ever anticipated us spending <laughs> talking about Cars 2. Oops. Um, so that, so that's, that's off to a good start. I think people are going to be really interested in this episode based on that. but yeah so let me break down a little bit how we did our ranking so we each independently turned in our rankings we ranked every single pixar film from first all the way down to 17th which is amazing thinking that there's been 17 pixar films between 1995 and 2017 and so what we ended up doing then is i took every single film scored it um if you were first place you got a 17. If you were second place, you got a 16 all the way down to where if you were 17th, you only got one point and then tallied up the points between all three of our rankings, gave every film a total average and then put our list together of where those films ranked on the overall list. If someone hadn't seen a movie, that film got a one because in my head, if we hadn't seen it, it wasn't good enough for us to have seen. And I will say Jake and Trevor hadn't seen two movies. Interestingly enough, both of you guys hadn't seen the same two movies, so that's interesting. Mm. We'll talk about that a little bit. But mm. Yeah, so that's kind of how our system works. And yeah, as we go through, we'll tell you where we ranked the films on our own list, and then we'll run through them again at the end just so everybody can remember. So let's go ahead and jump into our ranking of Pixar's, Pixar's films. There we go. I can get that word out there. Thank you. Awesome. Okay. So I think we can all, let me, let me say this at first. I think we can all agree that we're all huge fans of Pixar. 
um finding dory which was what uh 17 16 15 14th on my list was in my top five favorite films from last year so even a film that's not as great as normal pixar movies i think we can all agree is still a great overall movie pixar has just an insane lineup of films so if anybody out there is going wow why did that film not get higher it's because there are so many good films within Pixar's filmography that it's it's impossible to put every film in the top five, mathematically, at least according to my calculations. Um, <laughs> you can't fit 17 into so, five no matter how hard you try. Yeah, That's... I was, I, I rolled out my list and I somehow have, have Finding Nemo at nine and I think it's like a great film, like an all-time great film. But, I mean, they're just good. So there are good. many shocking things in all of our lists, and I haven't, we haven't talked about this at all. And so there's, there's a couple films in particular that I'm curious why you guys put as low as you did, but we'll, we'll get to that. So we're going to rank, we're going to go through our films starting at 17, work our way up to one. All right. So 17 to no surprise to anybody. Anybody have a guess? Cars Dose. Any guess? Cars Dose is correct. Cars 2 is the number 17 film on our list. I don't think we need to talk about it any more than that. It's by far Pixar's worst film. It's not a bad film. I think history gives it a bad rap. It's the only Pixar film to ever be given a negative score on Rotten Tomatoes, which whether or not you read into anything into that or not, that's something to be said. So that's bad. It's the only film that's even close to the second closest film is Cars 3 at 66, which is fine. Cars (laughs) original at 74. And then outside of that good dinosaur at 77, which brings us to our number 16 film, The Good Dinosaur, which the only reason Good Dinosaur is second to last on our list is because neither of you guys have seen it. Why haven't you guys checked this movie out? Uh, well, I'll just say something about Cars really quick. Um, I just I don't understand how there's three movies and like the amount of money, not only in like the money, 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 well, money. I know it's making money, but the amount of I just don't understand how they've made three movies and also like Cars Land. Like just the amount of money that they've put into cars is ridiculous. And it's because John Lasseter is the chief creative officer and it's his pet project. So it's just weird to me. In all fairness to Cars Land, Cars Land is legit. Like Cars Land is one of the best parts of California Adventure. So No, it's it's giving super credit cool. where credit's I, I due. I will say that any of the theories or backstories of the car universe when people really flesh this stuff out is vastly more entertaining than the films. So interesting. Yeah. Like didn't didn't one person oh, yeah. say that in the cars world like Hitler existed? Yeah, because they make yes. a lot of there's world a whole War II references. So weird. Yeah, and there's a car that's a Humvee from World War Two, and so there's all these crazy theories. There's actually an honest trailers. If you guys watch Screen Junkies honest trailers mm-hmm. on cars that gets into it, and the last minute of the honest trailer is pretty much just a wormhole of ideas of <laughs> how did we. Why is this film here? And also, how are there cars? What happened to humans? Why do cars have eyes? Why do cars have tongues? Why, like, all (laughs) these different things that you would never even think about that it's just insane. I highly recommend going to watch the Honest Trailers Cars uh, trailer. It's really well done. Really, really well done. Yeah, it is funny, and the world is fascinating. But on to why I haven't seen Good Dinosaur. Um I think it was just one of those years where there was a lot of good stuff out and I had like already gotten my Pixar fix a couple months ago with Inside Out, which is an incredible movie. And uh, I think, you know, Rotten Tomatoes, you 
it's done a lot of good, but it's also done a lot of bad. And I saw the reviews coming out and I just wasn't really in a rush to get to the theater for that one. Yeah, I think for shame, I'm I'm kind of the same way. It just didn't, it didn't. um, I mean, the trailers resonated with me. I was interested in seeing it. It just didn't end up happening. And there wasn't, at least in my circles, there wasn't a ton of word of mouth regarding this film. I didn't have people telling me like, you have to go see this or it's so good or anything like that. So I think that's, that's kind of the big reason I missed it. I think that if I had happened to interact with people at the right time or whatever, and people had pushed me to do it, I definitely would see it. I've never been against seeing it. It's just always got pushed over in favor of something else. Yeah, that's fair. I think it's as the one person who has seen it, I think it's Pixar's most visually stunning film. This film was actually pretty high on my list. It was 11th on my list, which isn't high, but I mean, it's higher than I think people would expect. I think it's Pixar's most visually stunning film. There are scenes that are CG that completely look 100% real. I mean, what they do with water in that film is amazing. I also saw it right around the time that I found out that I was going to be a dad, so that may (laughs) play something heavily into the fact of why I like it. Mm -hmm. I also tried to convince my wife to name our son Arlo, which is the name of the main character. (laughs) So there's a lot of... There's a lot of different things. I think Arlo was higher up on the list than, you know, Han or <laughs> Samwise, something like that. So I think Arlo was the closest I could get. But, okay, so Good Dinosaur at number 16. At number 15 is Brave. Brave mm. is... Brave, I feel like, for a lot of people, was the first time that they... Like, Cars isn't bad. I'll go ahead and say that, and we'll get to that in a sec. But I feel like, for a lot of people, Brave was the first non-Cars film where people really feel like they missed. It's the first non-Cars film where it didn't get above a 96 on Rotten Tomatoes. So, <laughs> Which is, I, that's I, insane. I, I mean, do you guys... Yeah, I don't know if you guys have any um, thoughts that you want to talk about on Brave. I've only seen it yeah. once in the theater, and I remember leaving the theater being like, that wasn't good. And... I mean, yeah. it's not bad. Like, once again, it had so many production problems. Yeah, it's 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 not a horrible movie, but it's the the problem is there's the Pixar bias. You know, you go to a Pixar film expecting, like you said, for it to have a ninety six percent on Rotten Tomatoes and be one of the top films you see that year. And so, um, I it, this one was just a really hard miss, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. I think. I mean, also think about it like this: it had. Well, Brave actually won animated feature. I'm curious what else came out that year. But up until that point, Pixar had only lost best animated feature in Monsters, Inc. and Cars. Every year they had put out a movie, they had won best animated feature at the Oscars. So that's shocking. I mean, the fact that that wasn't... I think that is... Inter- well, it won. Never yeah, mind. I, Whatever. I think... I, I think it... It almost feels too much like Pixar was trying to make a Disney princess movie, which sort of, I mean, I don't even know if that's what the original aim was, but I think that it kind of had that feel to it. It had a little bit of the more, I don't know, childish kind of thing. Also, this bizarrely suffers, I think, from being somewhat similar to Brother Bear, which is a terrible movie. (laughs) And so I think that that's like actually... I think that I think that if Brother Bear hadn't existed, we would somehow think Brave was a little better, maybe. 
Yeah, I think though, if they're going for the fact of a of a Disney princess movie, that they kind of succeeded yeah. in that, and it that it feels very much like that. But up until that point, that's nothing that Pixar had done. I mean, Pixar right. was outside of the box. I also. In every single way up what, until that. What film. I spent the majority of this film doing was watching her hair because it looks amazing. That's that's definitely <laughs> true. That's that's her that's hair. A, maybe the a, best part of it's that a movie. triumph that's of innovation from three animation. Men. It's just it's it's absolutely breathtaking. That's what you want in your film. Well, there we go. We'll end up. <laughs> <laughs> Look, this film was terrible, but man, the main exactly. character had great hair. I mean, that's how I feel about King Arthur. Yeah. Or any movie that a character has hair in, because I don't have hair, so there's that. A weird hair complex. <laughs> I go into movies, and I'm like, does this main character have hair? Yes. I'm in. Guys, that movie's great. I'm so okay, in. Just so you, so you, like, bald, you like bald shame yourself by the movies you choose? <laughs> Look, self-depreciating is in right now, guys. I don't know if you know this, but self-depreciating humor is a big hit. So well, I'm that's why, that's that, why okay? Cameron's like the biggest Steven Seagal fan around. Like, he owns all the movies, <laughs> all the posters. Oh, he's got all of the hair. <laughs> you guys should see my office at work. It's so just Seagal posters. <laughs> I mean, we could get political with this, but I'm not going to go there Ooh. either. Because, you know, hair has nothing to do with that. So Look there's out. that. <laughs> hot take. Hot take. I don't know if that's a hot take. All right. Moving on to number 14 is Monsters University. This film was not a hit, but it definitely, when we had just gotten Cars 2 and Brave in back-to-back years, was definitely something where it felt like, okay, we're at least coming out of this slump. It's... It's not one of their best, but at the same time, it's not bad. Like, there's some really fun moments in this movie. There's some laughs. There's some seriousness. I always kind of felt that was just because of our connections to the characters from the first movie. It, it's it was number fifteen on my list. Where did it rank on your guys' list? For me, it was uh, Monsters University was number thirteen. Granted, I haven't seen all seventeen, so it would be my number fifteen if I. If I get, I don't know. It's two from the bottom, if that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it was fourteen for me. I was fairly disappointed in this movie. Um, again, kind of like what we've said about um Brave. This is this is a a pretty good movie, but it just fell a little bit flat, especially because it's going to be compared to the original, which I think is a great film. Um, for a lot of reasons, and this just didn't have. This film didn't have um, the stakes of the original film. It doesn't feel as important. It feels like it was made, I mean, somewhat to sell tickets, but also because maybe some filmmakers loved their characters and wanted to do something else with them, but it didn't feel like it was necessary to the story. It felt, and it, there were things that felt a little kind of weirdly retconned too. Yeah. It's a great first watch though. Like when I walked yeah. out of the theater the first time, I was like, that was great. But then, like, the more I sat with it and rewatched yeah. it, I was like, oh, this has a lot of problems. It definitely diminishes on repeat viewings, which is one thing that I feel like Pixar does so well is that when you watch their movies, they get better and better every time you watch them. And this is one that by far gets worse. I mean, there's, I don't know, it, it definitely feels outside of the Cars universe, like the one that's most geared towards kids yeah. in a lot of ways. 
And I know that the other, like the first one had a lot of kid elements in it, but it was the best of Pixar in that it's a film not just for kids, but for adults too. The first one's also one of the original Pixar ideas. When you listen to the original people of Pixar, Andrew Stanton, John Lasseter, Pete Doctor, these guys, when they first came up with ideas, um, this was one of the first ideas they came up with. They came up with Toy Story, they came up with Bugs Life, they came up with Monsters, Inc., and they came up with WALL-E. And there's even a trailer for WALL-E in which they talk about that. Uh, so yeah, that's Monsters University coming in at 14 with 12 points. Do we need to talk about points? Should I Throw give the points out points? There. It's all about the stats, Should I bro. talk about the points? Okay, so 12 points. So let me say this. Out of a possible 51 points, if, you, if a film got all three first places in all three of our lists, it got 21 or got 51 points. So 12, it's averaging four points for each of us. So that's not bad. It's not great. As we're getting on, though, number 13 with 13 points is Cars. And the only reason that Cars is even this high is because I have it at 12 on my list. Um, both of you guys, I think, yeah, had it a lot lower. I don't think Cars is a bad movie. I think Cars gets a bad rap because it feels like the most monetized movie in a way. And so that's not great, but I think it gets a bad rap for cars Two when it deserves a lot more than that. The first one's pretty unique and pretty smart. It's a great idea. And the story's familiar in a bad way, but it's at least entertaining to watch. Like it's one of those films when you're like, at least when I watch it, I'm like, okay, this isn't anywhere near the Pixar greats, but it's, Way better than ninety percent. Here's of films my that thing. Here's my thing about. Where'd you cars. guys have this? Okay, so it's a fine movie. Like it's it's okay. It's not good. It's not bad. It's just kind of like fine. But it is like Pixar's Avatar. It's like it's a story we've seen a thousand times. <laughs> it's uh, pretty, and that's about it. And for some reason, some people are super obsessed with it. Like that. Well, that yeah. explains things then, because if you, me and Trevor have gotten into hour-long fights about <laughs> Avatar and the merits of it, so we don't need Avatar to talk about horrible. that right now. But there have been times when me Avatar and Trevor is horrible. Tell that to James Cameron. Right he has down. the two yeah. highest-grossing films. When Avatar th- two, three, four, and five come out, we can do an, a throwback review of In Avatar like six because years, there are. Perfect. <laughs> Put it no, on the calendar. Okay, well, well, here's the crazy. What it was it? When Avatar Five comes out, my son oh will my be gosh. nine years old. My son's six months old right now. So this is too put much that planning. That's too much planning. They're planning that far out in advance. I think the next one that's supposed to come out is like, and like we've thing. seen, nothing, nothing gosh, ever goes so wrong away. when you plan a franchise ten years ahead. <laughs> ever. They're shooting all of them consecutively, though. So it's not like DC Universe or Dark Universe. It's like, we're shooting all these together. We're spending billions of dollars. If this tanks, we're done That's for. That's so dumb. Mm. James Cameron himself personally bought somewhere, like, I think it was like 40 or 50 red cameras just for the production of these movies. Oh, Jim oh Cameron. Gosh. Which, People red cameras are, what, 40 to $60,000? Yeah, I fully tricked out red just for the camera. It was like 40 grand. And then with the lenses that you're putting on there, I mean, you're looking yeah. at probably 100 grand a camera. Yikes. Chump change for Jim, Oof. though. $4 million. That, that's also, that's why less you, than he made on the first Why Avatar. do you need... Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if he took a percent off of the first Avatar. 
if he did, that's like George Lucas leveled brilliant. Because if even if he took ten percent, he's walking away with what two hundred and seventy billion or two hundred seventy million dollars mm-hmm. for directing one movie. Anyway, my <laughs> my take on Anyways, cars. Let's move on. Is, <laughs> The the problem with cars and an interesting way to watch cars is if you watch it and only pay attention to what's happening on like the like outer 10% or 20% of the screen and see the backgrounds, it's a much more enjoyable watch. Don't pay attention to the story. Just look at the backgrounds, <laughs> the backdrops, how everything well, is car on. themed. It's very amusing. <laughs> so that that's that's one thing where this film shines. And that's another reason why I think this film gets a bad rap is Pixar is so great with details. And this film seems so much more about details at times than it does about the story and about working in these details than servicing the story. So I don't, I really don't think this movie is as bad as it gets the rap for. I would, I would encourage anybody that thinks it's, well, I'm going to say this and then I'm going to get crap for it, but I don't think it's as bad of a film as it gets a rap for. I don't think it's up there with the greats of Pixar, but I think you could put it up against, I'm trying to think of bad animation films that have come out. You can put it up against Puss in Boots or Shrek 2 through 5, and I think it kills There's all five of Shreks? There's five, sh- well, yeah, I think and there's the five musical. Shreks. I knew of the three. And I think they're about to make a sixth. And a Broadway musical, guys. Oh, yeah. right, that's true. Yeah, that Broadway musical really made really made hot tickets. <laughs> All right. Number 12, Pixar's second film with 17 points, A Bug's mm. Life. I had this uh 13 on my list. It's So here's my problem with it is it's a good film and I like it when I watch it, but as soon as I get done watching it, I forget most of what happens. And the part about the movie that's the best, and this happens in a lot of Pixar films, isn't even the main character. I think Flick is probably the most uninteresting part of this movie. I think the side circus characters are the best part. And I that's where this film loses me. It's forgettable for 90% of the movie, but still entertaining as you watch it. It does have Kevin Spacey, so I'll give it that much. Yeah, all the ant characters are super uninteresting. But like, like you said, all the other characters are great um this movie is fine it's fun it's i mean it's a pixar movie so it's it's pretty good uh it's better than ants so <laughs> it's got that going for it um ants yeah, felt I, like a pretty disingenuous there are a lot of, of people that think oh man such a ripoff <laughs> yeah but i mean that happens every year i mean like hollywood always works in two in that way is like there was like march of the penguins and happy feet the same year there's The Illusionist and The Prestige, Deep Impact, and Armageddon. Films like that always come in twos. I think it's funny that there are a lot of people that think that Ants is better than Bugs Life. Like, there's no comparison at Those all. Those Woody Allen yeah. fanboys. I, <laughs> I think I think A Bugs Life... I, yeah, we can get a, into a Woody Allen. A Bugs Life is a good movie. It, I have it at 13 on my list. It's a good movie. It suffers a little bit from being predictable, I think. Um, it's, it is another thing where it's kind of a familiar story, but again, I, I feel like I'm going to say this over and over again, the attention to detail in this one as well, building a world from like the insects and insect things is very, um, is, is kind of what, what entertains me the most about this film. Although I said that I haven't seen this movie in at least like six or eight years. It's been a long time. Yeah. It's, it's shocking to think that this film 
is about to have its 20th anniversary of coming out. Like November of next year, it'll have been out for 20 years. That's ridiculous. Yes, it is. I remember seeing this movie when I, when I was in theaters, so that makes me feel old. I mean, not that having a son made me feel old, but you know, this movie <laughs> makes me feel old. We're so old. <laughs> We're so old. We're in our 20s. No, life's over. Alrighty. Wrapping up A Bug's Life, let's move on to number 11, which was tied with Bug's Life. And so let me explain this. If there are movies that were tied, because there's multiple movies that tied points-wise on our list, I went with where each of us had it ranked higher. So if the two films that were in comparison, so the other film that got 17 points with A Bug's Life is Finding Dory. So the way that I did this was I looked at where Bug's Life was on each of our lists and looked at where Finding Dory was on each of our lists. And if me and Jake had it had Finding Dory higher, then that was the film that got the higher rank in that way. Does that make sense? Yep. Yep. Okay. So Finding Dory is number 11 with 17 points as well. Like I said earlier, Finding Dory was in my top five favorite films of last year. I think it has a lot of heart. I think it's a lot more than just to capitalize or a monetizing grab from Pixar on one, having Ellen and two, loving finding Nemo. Uh, so I, I like it a lot. I think it's a pretty good, fun, new way to move the story that actually adds something to the original, which I think is something that only the toy stories movie do that only the toy story movies have done is that every sequel adds something to the originals that makes it even better. So I like it. Like I said, though, there's just so many good films. It's hard to, put everything high up when Pixar's just stacked the way it is. You guys saw Finding Dory, right? Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's great. Like it's like you said it's of last year it's one of the top 10 movies probably. Um it's an amazing sequel, but it's still a sequel, you know, and so uh since it's not an original IP or a new world, I don't think it's like as impressive. Um one thing I do really like about it besides Ellen and her great performance is um, just what it the otters the otters yes um but what it like what it did in terms of commenting on a tough social topic um, just like Inside Out did which we'll talk about later um, but just like how it talked oh, about no, Inside Out's not on anybody's list oh okay cool cool <laughs> um, yeah well how how it's like commenting on living with someone with mental disease or mental problems or like being related to that person or being that person in general. Um, I think they handled that sensitive subject incredibly well and it, and all while making it fun and entertaining and educational and, you know, in just typical Pixar fashion. Yeah. I think I just, yeah. I will say, I just oh, watched this last week for the first time and I, I really liked it. I was, um, I was impressed with it. I was, I was expecting to be a little disappointed um, just because of how great finding Nemo is, I think, but, but this was very good. Almost it's equal. If the, the end of the third act falls apart a little bit with the, uh, with the otters and the truck and all that. And the way that happens is a little bit silly, but um, getting really? there. I mean, I was, it was, I loved that. It was super realistic. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the whole thing is right. Okay, well now I realize I, I'm the there's only one. two things about this that I loved. One is the way the octopus is animated is amazing. The way it, oh, yeah. the way it moves yeah. is is 
incredible. The other thing is that the sea lions, Idris Elba and Dominic West, are absolutely hilarious. They're mm-hmm. they're yeah. so funny. Goodness, the way they yell at the other Idris sea lion Elba. named Gerald is like I was like on the floor. It's so funny. Gerald, oh man. <laughs> Idris Elba. No one ever. Yeah. No one ever I, lets Idris Elba be funny, and he's really funny. The I, Office did. I forgot that was him. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I will. So I keep. I don't. I'm. Well, I'm not gonna say this is the last time. Watching this movie through the eyes of a parent, though, Jake commented on this movie dealing with uh, more mature themes and watching it through the ideas of okay, if you're a parent and having to watch your kids go through this and how you work with them to overcome these obstacles. I mean, that was a fantastic way to approach that. They approach it from the side of hope and from the side of you can do whatever you want, which is such a great lesson for kids. It's so encouraging to see a film. It's a kid's film, not only handle, you know, funny kids material, but also dig into those themes in a way that, even if the kids don't necessarily fully comprehend, you can at least have a conversation starter. And that's, that's really cool. And we'll get into that later. I think we all commented on that um, in a way, but yeah, we'll dig into that a lot more later. Okay. Jumping from 11 to 10 is the other finding film. So with 29 points, we get to finding Mm. Nemo. Um, Finding Nemo is at number 10 on my list. It's a fine, fine film, good film. It's. I'm trying to figure out how to say this. I like this movie a whole lot. It's a film that stuck with me over the years, and I think Andrew Stanton did a great job. I. There are times when I feel like bits run on a little bit too long, but I think the core themes in this movie and the core story is fantastic. Every single character in here feels necessary. It feels. Like they should be there. There's nothing in this movie that feels excessive or bulky. This movie feels, even though it jumps from all these different places, it's such a fantastic story and adventure from what point A to point B that all the problems that I have with the film kind of just wash away because it's so enjoyable to watch. And you think something serious as as a dad trying to find his son all the way across an ocean would be weighty, but the way that they do it is so... They keep that weight, but at the same time, remember to have fun. And that's that's where this film ultimately strives is in, like Finding Dory, mixing that fun with the heavy subjects. Guys, where'd you have this? Uh, I had this uh, as number six for me. Um, love this movie. Love what Al Brooks and Ellen do with these characters and this script. I think this script is incredible. Like, like you said, there's nothing that you could really take out and it would benefit the movie. Um, and there's nothing you could add and make it better. And like every line of dialogue, every single joke that they make is really original, really funny. Um, it's just a great movie. And it, it really like was a film that kind of defined our generation in a way. Um, I, I yeah. love this movie. This is a great movie. Yeah, I, I love it too. It's I think it's great. I had it at number nine. I wanted it to have it higher, but I just like, I mean... You know, we're going to say this over and over again. Just I, I couldn't push it higher just because there's so many great films here. But this is I think this is a truly great film. It would probably be in my top probably 100 or 150 films ever, I think. Um, 
and it it, it plays wow. it plays really well in Spanish. Uh, we used to watch it in high school Spanish class. <laughs> it's actually I I did too. It's maybe I did even too. I did too. Even funnier so, in Spanish than it is in English. So well. Um, it, <laughs> that's just kind of a, a fun note. I think I know you guys have talked about a couple <laughs> of technical aspects. I think the pacing in this film is fantastic. Um, I think yeah. I think yeah. every scene pushes you along. It the way that you're cut from Marlon and Dory to Nemo in the dentist office. That back and forth is just it's perfectly timed. It follows the clock. It it's 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 just a great a great film in so many ways. I don't think it deals with it didn't end up as high for me because it doesn't deal with some of the, the weightier themes that some other films do. And it doesn't in, in the story is a little bit, uh, not quite completely original, but to, to the genre, but still, um, interesting and compelling. Good. Yeah, totally agree. Moving on. So this film was, is the first of a series of films that were all very close films nine through six were all within one point of each other. Nine and eight got 32 points, seven and six got 33. So these middle films are all pretty stacked. We all have generally similar thoughts on these films with one or two. I think one of us put, yeah, we'll get into this though. Um, but coming in at number nine, toy story two with 32 points. Toy Story 2 is the third film that ever came out from Pixar and originally was going to be released straight to DVD until executives at Disney actually I believe saw it thought why 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 are we why are we putting this on direct to DVD and was actually a huge hit. I think a lot of people expected it to not be that great and it ended up performing pretty amazing at the box office. It made nearly $500 million worldwide unadjusted and that's impressive on a $90 million budget. So I like this film a lot. I think it takes themes from the first movie, molds them in a more mature way. And I think the thing that's always been great about Toy Story is that, at least for us, the original Toy Story came out when I was five. And the last Toy Story came out the year that I graduated high school. And so I don't know about you guys. I feel like I've grown up with these films and these characters. And definitely Andy's young, I was young. When Andy's graduating, I'm graduating. And so I have a personal connection to these movies that I always feel somewhat tied to. Um, and I, I, it's, it's like Harry Potter for me and like, I feel like I've grown up with these characters and I feel like they're a part of my life in a bigger sense than just movies as sad as that may sound, but you know, they're, they were a big deal to me. I mean, these are some of the movies that I loved when I was kids and toy story two is a huge reason why I'm such a Pixar fan today. I had this film eight. It's nothing bad against the film. I like, honestly, my top seven is just so insane that I can't, It'd be hard to put it any higher than where it is. I think the characters they introduce are great. Jessie's fantastic. Her backstory is amazing. Like the way that they craft introducing her. Normally when you provide information like that to a character, it takes away from who they are instead of just letting them be on screen. But gosh, that gives so much depth and heart to that character. Like in a two minute span on screen, you come to understand everything you need to know about her for the next two movies. And that that's, that's a, that's an incredible gift. I don't think it's as good as the other two Toy Story films. We're getting into that though, but I think it's pretty great. All right, uh, guys, where did you have this? On I'm going to be, I'm going to interrupt and I'm going to be mad for a second. This movie should be higher on our <laughs> list. I had it. At, I had it at five. You guys are wrong about other things. Whoa. This film. <laughs> Tell us why we're this wrong. This film also. 
is gets the bummest rap from people when they talk about Toy Story films. Even when I was talking about or Pixar films in general, I was talking to my some of my coworkers today, giving them a little sneak pre- preview of the podcast, and I was like, "We're going to talk about this." And I was talking about my top five Pixar movies, and they were like, "They were like, oh yeah, Toy Story two. It was just okay. Like, no, it's freaking awesome. It's not as good as the other two, but they're amazing. Toy Story two. It, it the reason why it's awesome is because the stakes in it are so real. If you suspend suspend disbelief, of course, the scariest thing that can happen to a toy is being put into a <laughs> museum don't where it can for see any kids. of these films except Toy what? Story. <laughs> I said, don't suspend disbelief for any of these films except. For <laughs> that's Toy right. Story. Exactly. That's all right. these films are hundred percent real. <laughs> that's except right. They're for all them. very real except for those. Um, but yeah, if if you think about this, you're a toy who loves being played with. That's what they always talk about. That's what they want. The most terrifying thing for a toy is to be put in a museum where they can see kids all the time, but they're never touched. They're never played with. They never actually get any attention. That's why the stakes in this feel so real. And it also, I think builds upon the, the sort of unlikely friendship that we get from Woody and Buzz in the first film. And that's really the driving force for this film. We have these characters who initially dislike each other, distrust each other. And by the time this film comes around, it organically feels right that Buzz is leading this charge and this mission to save Woody. This is guys, this is like as good as saving private Ryan, just without the D day intro. Whoa. Okay, that was No, this movie wow. that was a bit of This a movie is great. But it is great. I mean, I agree. It's this movie's amazing. Um I would say that this might be like the best sequel besides Empire Strikes Back. Maybe ever. Wow. Oh yeah, it's a great part 2. It's an amazing wow. part 2. It's it's so good. Like you guys are throwing out some big hits there. I mean, I don't disagree. I think it's an amazing film, but best sequel outside of Empire Strikes Back. That's I'm, I mean, like number that's, that's number big. two film. Like this movie should not okay. be this good. Two Towers. Anybody? Two Towers. Two Towers is. I'm is not great. I like Lord of the Rings, but I'm not. I'm not a huge Lord of the Rings fan. It's it's good, but I'm not die, yeah. die hard Lord of the Rings. I almost. I'm just, I almost wish. I'm just hard. I will say that I'm the reason why hard. I think this film. I think this film retroactively doesn't get as good of a rap as other Pixar films is because I think that Toy Story 3 takes a lot of similar themes from this movie and expands on them and makes them bigger in a better way. I think this movie's great, but I think that Toy Story 3 hits similar notes in a better, more satisfying way. And so I think that up until Toy Story 3, this film was, I I, I loved this film. I for a while had it higher than Toy Story the original but I think with Toy Story 3 coming into the picture it sits a little bit lower because I think like I said Toy Story 3 takes beats from this film and does them better if that makes sense okay yeah I mean like, I feel like Lotso and Stinky Pete have some very similar attributes as characters yes that's true but I think that Lotso is a lot more threatening a lot more believable and a lot more interesting of a character. He's a lot more well-rounded of a character with a gray area to where stinky Pete feels very one note. Once you see his true motives. Yeah, I agree with also, that. Also bullseye is amazing. Yes. So great. Yes. He's the best horse dog yes. that there is. <laughs> <laughs> there are tons of horse dogs out there. So, so many, Good so many, <laughs> so many. Moving on, the other film that tied with Toy Story 2 but was a little bit higher, I think me and 
Jake both had this higher on our lists was Monsters, Inc. at number eight with 32 points. So, Jake, why did you have this film so high on your list? I I just really like this movie. I mean, it's just it's a lot of fun. I think that this is their most creative, original, intellectual property. Just the world that they build out on this is so deep and unique and is like just such a crazy take on the idea of monsters in your closet that they have to like take your screams for energy and there's a power crisis. Like it's just absurd. Um, But it's just so fun. And the two leads um, as well as even the, the little girl character of boo. um, It's just, gosh, boo's fantastic. It's just so, so good. Um, And I, I don't know if I was just like at the right age when this movie came out, but this movie just like really hit me and stuck with me. Um, and it's just, it's just a lot of, a lot of fun. And like I said before, super creative and original. Yeah. I think this is probably one of the best. I say this, but I'm starting to look at other cast lists. I think this may be one of my favorite casts as far as voices. I think everybody's perfectly cast. John Goodman is solely Billy Crystal is Mike. And whoever thought that Steve Buscemi would play such a great <laughs> character in a movie is Randall. I mean, I love Steve Buscemi. He's great in a lot of things, but he's perfect as Randall. That voice, you hear that voice. And I almost think that if you show that, that scene to anybody, not even show it, but just let kids listen to it. They could tell you who that is because it's, he's so perfect and iconic as that villain. Well, they also had the movie, same that... sized eyes, so. <laughs> there we go. Good, Yo. good point, Jake. I, yeah, this this movie's, I, I had it at seven. So it's it's up there on my list. It's fantastic. The doors, it, like at first glance, I think you could easily say that Boo is such a terrible way to draw emotion to this movie, but watching it, She's so perfect. Like she has that childlike feature and the way that she interacts with Sully is just so authentic and real for like how a kid full of hope and wonder would interact with a big fuzzy creature. Like that's so, it's so innocent in how she reacts. She doesn't see him as this monster. She sees him as the best version of himself as this loving guy. And there's like, that theme in and of itself is such a great, I could go, I mean, I think every single one of these films we could get into why it's so, why it blends adult themes and why it gives kids such an, an open door to talk about real world issues. And I think this film does it in a more natural, organic way than a lot of other films. Gosh, so many films out in the world. It just, it fits. It's so natural. Yeah, I, I, I agree this with what Jake was saying. This is the, I mean, as far as the creative, the concept behind this, it's like, it's just astounding. It's so good. Um, just the whole, the whole idea of the, the monsters, the, the energy, all of those things coming together are amazing. Um, John Goodman is great as a voice actor. I love him all the time. And whenever he does voice stuff, it's fantastic. It's just, I love this. I had it at 10. I wanted it to be higher. I couldn't quite do it, but I, I do. This is another movie. I love this movie. It's so great. So good. Well done. All right. Now we're getting into our top seven. 
Number seven, which is, this is going to be the one that I have a problem and I'm going to get a little bit frustrated with you two for a second, is with 33 points up. Why, why, why is this not higher on your guys' list? This is number three on my list. Because it's the not that great. The first five minutes of this film. <laughs> what? What is wrong with you? <laughs> this, the first five minutes of this film are better than five minutes, almost five, well, outside of two other films, are better than five minutes of any other film Pixar's no, that's ever true. That scene with Carl and Ellie at the very beginning where you're going through their life, you go through every single emotion humanly possible. And it's natural, it's organic, it's heartfelt. You go through every single emotion in five minutes. You feel happiness, you feel sadness, you feel anger, you feel resentment, you you feel joy, you feel hope, you feel the real world pains of trying to accomplish things, but life getting in the way. And it's so, it's it works as its own scene. It works as a larger part of a whole movie. And it that first five minutes... I, I I don't get how you can watch that and have this film, gosh, at ten and eight. Like, what? What am See, I missing? That's, well, that's, Cameron, here's that's here's the, the thing. The the film there's is, another hour and thirty one minutes. Yeah, after this, that, the, I will say it says a lot about the filmmakers that they turned their best short they've ever made into a feature film that was still really good. But I almost wish this had stayed as a short because it would be like a legendary short. It's like an amazing short. 100% agree. 100%. The rest agree. of the film is good, but it falls flat from from the height that it that it it begins with. And that's that's my issue with it. Um I will say yeah. the talking dogs are fantastic. Um that whole idea is awesome. Um I love a good dirigible too, but um it, the rest <laughs> of it just kind of doesn't quite do it for me. Yeah, like it's it's I will say it's a good movie. It's just not amazing. Like in the first five to ten minutes, like Trevor said, set it up at such a high level. Like you can't give away the climax of the film at the beginning of the film. Like that's just because I was But you're not like you're not I giving was, up the climax, you're setting it up. No, I I think that was the emotional and story climax within the first five to ten minutes. And from the rest of there, I was just kinda like well, this just isn't as good and it's cute and it's fun. And it's once again, it's a Pixar movie, so it's not a bad movie. I just don't, I don't get how this is like people's number one Pixar film of all time because it, it just, the world that they build and the direction, I just feel like every scene, the next scene is like, wait, what? Like we found a giant Dodo. What? It feels like, Why? <laughs> like it's just nonstop, like one upping and, and then it was like talking dogs, old man and a blimp. What the hell is going on? Um, I don't know. It's cute. It's fun. But like Trevor said, I, it would have been a stronger short, I think. It feels like uh, an epilogue. And the, the, it also the whole would have been thing, a super depressing the, short the, if it ends on his wife dying. Yeah. Well, you know, sometimes. That whole, that first scene gives you that emotional arc that you need for the rest of the film. Like it sets up so many things. It sets up why he's hermit-esque in his ways and pulled back from society and then gives you what you need going forward with interactions between him and Russell and between him and Doug and between him and Kevin the bird. I mean, it's, it gives you every, like, it, like I fully understand your guys' criticism and I, I fully think you guys are right in some ways, but at the same time, I, I think this is one of the few Pixar movies where, if you hear the music from it, 
you instantly know where that's from. Like Married Life at the beginning of this, that dun, 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 dude, dun. like I mean, it's, I, that was what we danced to at my wedding. That was our first dance before they died. Like we were still alive and happy. <laughs> um, like the emotion. <laughs> I 100% agree with you. The emotion that they do with the music and the story, like absolutely incredible. And I think one of the best examples of filmmaking of all time in that intro scene, I just, after that, after that point, I was just let down by the rest of the movie. I mean, that's just what it comes down to. And I, I, I'm going to go ahead and say this, that I think, I think one of the most amazing parts of Pixar is that while everybody can agree that you, they like almost every single Pixar movie, Pixar has something for everybody. There's things that emotionally resonate to every single person in this film or not in in this film specifically, but in all of their films that make these movies for everybody. I mean, mean, there's their films are so liked for different reasons. Everybody finds something to connect to. And I think that's, one of the most powerful things. I will end this section and this portion of it by saying that Up is one of three animated films to ever be nominated for Best Picture. So do with that what you will. Um, <laughs> yeah. Not that the Academy Awards have anything to do with how I feel about movies, but. Yeah. Well, when you think about that, the other two are Beauty and the Beast and a film that we're going to talk about in a second, that's pretty impressive. Also, the fact that Pixar has two of the three films, that's as equally impressive. That's also m- the fact that Inside Out wasn't nominated for Best Picture is a, a travesty. It's a national tragedy. National. <laughs> international. 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 On the level of Worldwide the Holocaust. Worldwide tragedy. Whoa. 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 Hey, Whoa. Hey, hey. hey, I call myself oh that. We need to move on. We need to move on. <laughs> I think we need to cut that out from the episode. Well, I'm the one that cuts and, and, the episodes, and, and, so I will make that decision. So. Oh I think we're okay. I don't think enough people listen to us for it to really matter. So Yeah, all two of them will get really pissed off. What's up, Mom? How you doing? Yeah. Yeah. Aren't you so proud of your They're... boy? Holocaust jokes. <laughs> Jake. Oh <my> <laughs> all right. Megan, uh, whatever. It's fine. I can just see the headlines tomorrow. Obscure movie podcast that no one listens to claims. I'm not saying uh, it didn't happen. Like, <laughs> I'm just saying. There we go. There we go. Get it out there, Jake. Holocaust Get denier joke. Day done. No. It's exactly what we're aiming for on this podcast. Please, if you have kids, keep listening. I swear we'll get better. <laughs> All right. Number six, tied with up with 33 points, is Ratatouille, which I think is the most, at least for me, I think Ratatouille is the most underrated Pixar film. I don't think Ratatouille gets enough love. I think it's a lot better than people give it credit for. I think it's a lot of people forget about it, but there's, there's a surprisingly, you know, good amount of jokes mixed with, I feel like I've said this about every single film. It's jokes mixed with family mixed with real world issue. I mean, and then again, that's what Pixar goes. Oh gosh. Oh, just knocked my mic over. Oh, there we go. That's all I get for talking with my hands. Um, Yeah. Pick Ratatouille came in at number six on my list. It's number six on here. Guys, where did you have it? Why'd you have it there? Do you guys agree that it is ranked lower or as not as loved as it should be? I had, Trevor, you go ahead. I had this at I had this at seven. I think this is a good movie. I think this is the most 
Disney of the Pixar movies. And I think people don't even realize that it's a Pixar movie sometimes um, because it doesn't quite have the look of a lot of Pixar movies. Um, at least I don't think it does, but it's still a great movie. Um, it's a great story. It's a very, um, a very unique and interesting story. Um, I like that. It's it's kind of unique in the Disney universe, and that it has talking animals, but that the humans can't understand them, and I kind of like that. Um, that they have to figure out these ways to communicate and and work together, which I think is kind of the general theme of the film. Um, I think it I think it has a lot of strong themes. I think that Patton Oswalt is great as Remy. Um, mm-hmm. And I just, I just think, I think it's a really fun Gosh, film. Patton Oswalt's you, great. you really get to know the characters. You really root for the characters like this. You become very invested. I feel like as a viewer, like watching, like you kind of like freak out, like, like, are they going to catch the rat? Is he going to get in trouble? Is this going to work out? All of those kind of things. It, it's, it's very engrossing. Yeah, I, I agree with everything Trevor said. I think the reason that this movie isn't as high on people's lists or it did as well is because they just don't, don't know what it is. And it's about a rat. And like, that's basically what the film, the point that the film is making that anybody can do anything. Rats are um, people too. Exactly guys. Um, oh but <laughs> I was going to make a joke, but I already made a Holocaust joke. So yeah. we're, we're done. Um, <laughs> I was waiting for one of you guys to make it. Uh, anyways. Um, but no, I, I love this movie and I, the, the the scene that this film ends on with the critic uh spoilers um yes the critic let's go ahead and just say we're going to spoil every single movie yeah exactly but uh with the critic realizing that it's a rat and then the review coming out and what he says about art and criticism and all that stuff um just as a person that's trying to make even the smallest form of art for a living and also at the same time doing a podcast that criticizes that same form of art um, that just really resonates with, with me and it's just a really good movie. Um, yeah. The great Peter O'Toole as Anton Ego. <laughs> yeah. That end scene I think is probably if I'm ranking scenes in Pixar films, that, that end scene is top five most delightful scenes. I mean that twist, like I was so ready for Pixar with that ending to just kind of, go the route of this guy still thinks the restaurant is terrible, but that's not what matters. What matters is what you put on the plate and who you are and who you believe you are. And I was fully ready for them to go that way. And I think so many films would take, uh, ego at the end of the movie, liking that dish and make it feel so cheesy, but it feels so natural the way that they set it up and the way that they execute it is so perfectly well done not to use a cooking term, but it's perfectly well done. <laughs> and it's, it just, it just fits. So it cheesy. fits that movie. Oh, also a it cooking makes term. It, the well, oh, cheesy. There we go. Oh, we should have done a whole Ratatouille. Jokes are becoming less and, and less and rare used. on this podcast. hey Hey. There we go. All right. I think that's a good way to end <laughs> the Ratatouille section. Okay. Getting into our top five. Now, there are, okay, alrighty, getting into our top five. So, at number five, with 36 points out of a possible 51, is The Incredibles. 
I will go ahead and say that I think I'm the reason why this film isn't higher points. I think it probably could have been four, maybe even three. Um, I have it at number nine. It's Whoa. nothing to say that this movie isn't a, yeah. I, well, you guys heard my rant on up and. Well, let's hear so, your rant on uh, the Incredibles. Yeah, rant, on, rant at it. me. I don't have a, that's the thing is though, that I, I don't have a rant on the Incredibles. The Incredibles is a great movie, but the Incredibles doesn't feel like in some ways it does feel like a Pixar film, but in so many other ways. And I wonder if this is just me viewing it through the lens of today of superhero films. It feels, it feels somewhat one note at times. Like I feel like we kind of hit the same beat over and over again. It's number nine. It's if I'm ranking animated films, it's top 25 of all time. Uh, Maybe not 25. That's, it's a stretch. It's a great, great animated film with great characters, a well-used family dynamic. It's the best Fantastic Four film that's ever been made. <laughs> it, it, it's it's a good film, but in the pantheon of Pixar films, I mean, it, when you look at what what I have ranked ahead of it, Toy Story Two, Monsters Inc., Ratatouille, it's a it's a great film, but for me, it just doesn't. It's not as good as those other ones. And maybe that's I. The I hate to say this. The heart doesn't feel as maybe I just didn't connect as much as I do with other films, but the heart is there, but I don't think it's as strong or emotional or deals with as many issues as it could. I don't that's the thing, is it's it's a good movie. I'm just not as strong on it as I am on other Pixar films. And I'll let you guys who especially you, Jake, talk about it because you guys love it. And I do like this film, but I want you guys to kind of dig into it because ultimately it is a great film and I want I want to give it its due. So, Jake, you had this film at three. Why, what, do you, what do you love about this movie? Um, I mean, I love a good superhero film, good superhero story, always have, always will. Um, and I think that this is one of the best out there. I mean, I in terms of best superhero movies of all time, I would have this probably like numbered two behind the dark night um mm. this is a great original intellectual property i'm really excited to see what they do with the sequel um the family dynamic uh trying to balance uh just normal family life but also being superheroes is just they do that in a really fun comical way that i was not expecting um and i think this might be the most like rewatchable Pixar movie in my opinion. Um, it's just a really fun, quick watch every time, every time it's on, I want to sit down and watch it. Um, so yeah, I just, I just love this movie for some reason just really connects with me and makes me laugh. Great story, great characters. So yeah, Trevor, what about you? Yeah, it's just a lot of fun. Um, I think it's, I think it, it kind of ranks kind of at the top of the second tier for me. I had it at number six. Um, it being, it's just, it's just so fun. Um, I think, um, trying to put all these things into words. I, I do love, um, the idea of kind of the, the, the beginning of this film, when we deal with like the collateral damage from superheroes and their activities, I think that's, um, a note that some of the superhero films of today, 10 years later have really played a lot. I think that's, I mean, that's the core of 
Captain America Civil War, part of what makes it so compelling, it's kind of at play in Batman versus Superman. And and this movie was doing it way before those other ones were. I mean, I know the ideas were in comics and stuff, but I think that's an interesting backdrop for this. Um, I think the family dynamics are really cool. Um, I just I think it's an interesting thing that that the the bad guy ends up being someone who hates superheroes because he wanted so bad to be a superhero and he wasn't. Um, is an interesting kind of it's kind of Lex Luthery, but a little bit more sympathetic, I think, and not as copy off of Heath Ledger's The Joker in the third act e. Um and so so yeah, I, I just I I like this movie. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. I I feel bad now. I f- <laughs> I love this movie. And I really want I really want to give it its due. I mean, it has maybe the best side character in Samuel L. Jackson's Frozone. I mean, oh my his gosh. line of "Where is my super suit?" So good. Maybe one of the most maybe the most quotable Pixar line. I, I I don't know of a film having worked with students for a while that's more quoted or known than that quote in any single Pixar film. That could be there's a snake in my forgetting boot. things, but there's a snake in my boot. The other one maybe chow. That's a no. popular Cars one, which no. I don't know I why. I speak whale. I'm just saying with <laughs> I speak whale. Um, I will say so. One of the best supervillains um, syndrome. Is a great villain. Fully understand his motivation. Fully understand where he's coming from. Done, voiced fantastically by Jason Lee, who mm-hmm. interestingly enough is from Texas and is a fantastic photographer. If you guys uh, haven't ever seen any of his photography, he he's been traveling around Texas for the past couple of years, shooting large format film of small town Texas, and it is, his work's fantastic. So much more than just an Alvin and the Chipmunks character. <laughs> um, great photographer as well. So wow, I respect that man a lot. Did not know that. Yeah, I highly if, yeah, go check out Jason Lee. He shoots all of his stuff on film. Incredible, incredible, incredible talent. He's he's great. Incredibles is a good film. I think Brad Bird's an incredibly talented uh, director. Brad he Brad Bird directed one of my f- top twenty favorite films of all time, in, in Iron Giant. Um, yeah, I mean he he did Ratatouille. He's doing incredible or Incredibles two. He did uh, Mission Impossible: Ghost Protocol. Want to say he's done one other live action Tomorrowland film, Tomorrowland, which okay, I was gonna try and give Tomorrowland some credit. Tomorrowland, <laughs> Ghost Protocol is Tomorrowland awesome. is an amazing idea. Ghost Protocol is great, other than the line at the very end where Tom Cruise yells no, "Mission Impossible" as he hits a buzzer. Awesome. The film knows exactly what it is, and it gives you exactly what you want. <laughs> oh, that line's just so cringy, though. <laughs> And not cringy. Dude, the whole in like movie is way. crazy. It's so good. Well, like, I mean, it's cringy. Did I say crazy? Cringy. Okay, that's like, fair. Fast and the Furious has has cringy moments, but it feels known that part at the end. Like, had, the movie had taken itself so seriously for the like for part of the movie that at the end, when it gets to that, it felt like they didn't know that they were being cheesy. <laughs> well, so you know, I, I could be wrong. You know what else is cringy? The Holocaust. <laughs> Jake, oh gosh. <laughs> we'll fix it in post. Oh. I'll cut that one. The out. only way that we make it big is the fact that Jake has said all of these things and then we get thousands of viewers just to listen and talk hate to us and shut us down. So we've enjoyed being with you. This is our last podcast. Um, hey. We'll get shut down quickly after this. Charlie Sheen got famous because people hated him too. So <laughs> that's what I aspire to be. 
Oh gosh, you aspire to you aspire to be Charlie right, Sheen. Let's move That's, on to number are. four. <laughs> number four with forty points is Toy Story three. Mm. Um, I have Toy Story three at number five. Like I said earlier, I think it takes a lot of what was good in Toy Story two and improves on it. I think it's got a great cast once again. It's got a great uh, villain in Lotso who you understand his motivation and you can kind of see where he's coming from, but still disagree with him. I think it's, it introduces some very fun side characters in the characters introduced in Bonnie's room and moves the film in a very natural way to a satisfying end. And I can say that this is a movie that came out the summer that I graduated high school, um, summer after I graduated high school and I was about to go to college and Woody's dealing with going off to college. And for me, it presented a lot of uh, real world issues and presented a lot of ideas that I was wrestling with at the time. And um, these talked a lot about how do you move on? How do you, say goodbye and that saying goodbye doesn't have to necessarily be goodbye, but it's, it's a closing of one chapter as you open another. And it's, it's an incredibly emotional film that fully has earned what is on screen. So many movies nowadays try and give you the emotion without earning it. And over 14 years, they've they've worked hard to give us what we see on screen. And I think the thing that amazes me about, or the thing that I love about this movie is that as I'm watching it, I feel like the people that made it are as invested in this story and in these characters as we, the audience are, and that they take this seriously and with pride. And, you know, there's 10 years between when, when toy story two and toy story three came out and they really took their time in molding the story. And I think you can see that. And I think that you can really see the heart, and the love and care in this movie that they, they knew that if they were going to give us another toy story film, unlike the cars universe that they, they wanted to give us something that was satisfying. And I think they did that. I think it serves as a perfect bookend to the toy story universe. And I I absolutely love this film and I, I can't say enough positive things about it. Guys, where did, where did toy story three come in for you guys? Um, so I love this movie. I have it at number seven. And the only reason it's not higher is because it's a sequel. Um, all of my top six are original first films, original intellectual property. Um, and, and for me, those are more impressive in my opinion, and they stick with me longer. It seems, um, but Toy Story 3, man, it is, it's incredible. Like, it, it is so, so good. And they really set the stakes high uh, to the point where, uh, spoilers, you think all the toys are going to melt in an inferno, which I was like, holy crap, they're about to do this. There's no way. Okay, uh, have you guys ever seen the video online where two kids yes, cut? Yes, so funny. They, so so what they did was they took the movie, and once again, spoiler, if you haven't seen it, but they took the scene where all the original Toy Story characters 
look like they're going into that inferno trash compactor scene and they just faded that to black and then showed it to their mom and there's a video online of their mom's reaction as they watch this and it's absolutely hysterical and a beautiful not beautiful hysterical prank to pull on somebody it was it's a great and i think that goes to show how invested we are in these characters like if we're not investing in these characters you watch that and you're like Oh, what a weird way to end the movie. But instead you'd watch that and go, no, 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 no. Whoa, 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 whoa. Like you, you, that's, you have so much left that you want to be done with these characters that, that, that would feel like a cheap ending. And so I think that just goes to show why this movie is great. But Here's, oh, Trevor, you yeah. have this film. I, have, I was for sure. You have this film the highest. I have this film at number two. You have this film the highest. And I know wow. it's a sequel. I think it's amazing. I think it's perfect. I think it is exactly what it should be. I think as Cam said, it touches on that the the idea of growing up along with these characters being in similar age to Andy, that those kind of things really resonating. Um, I will say when they were about to go into the incinerator, I was very sad. I was I had a couple tears, which is maybe the only time in an animated film I've ever had tears. But I also like sort of accepted it. You know, I was like, if this is the way it goes, then we've had a heck of a ride and this is, and that's just the way things end sometimes. Um, in the moment, I obviously didn't realize that they would never actually end the movie like that. Um, thinking back, that's kind of crazy, but the, what makes that scene even better is that they've been, they've been telegraphing the heroes of this series for 15 years. And we didn't realize (laughs) it until just then that the aliens who worship the claw were they weren't just an easter egg they weren't just comic relief they weren't just funny side characters they were here for a reason and they saved the day literally um i kind of kid but also it's amazing that that story choice um is top notch like absolutely top notch um but the whole the whole idea is the the idea of having being toys being donated to a daycare like these are things that like we do i mean we we resonate with you know when it's time for us to grow out of our toys and to move on from them and and what they mean to us and then um this cult this kind of hierarchy wild west anything goes kind of thing of the of the um the daycare is it resonates so well like the stakes feel so real in this i think that's something that these films do earn it over time but but they make you quickly jump into the story jump into the characters and realize how how important everything is. And Ned Beatty as Lotso is just fantastic. He really sells the character and makes it what it is. Yeah. And I think Trevor, you hit on this earlier, but you know, the idea of toys want to be played with. And so what better place for a toy to be played with than a daycare, but the way that they flip that on its head of, okay, you're being played with way too much. That's, that's a great little twist. That's so simple, but works so, so well. It also makes you feel bad for, like, destroying your toys as a child. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, this is a film that, like, I remember watching this being like, I wonder what happened to my childhood toys. Were they well taken care of? What, did I just bag them up and throw them out? Or, yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's fantastic. The way that they do it, it's just great. Just great. All right. Anybody else have any other thoughts that they want to get to on... Toy Story 3 before we move on to our top three. All right. I'll take that as we're good to go. Okay. Coming into our top three at number three with 42 points, 
at number four on all three of our list, we all agree it's the fourth best film, is Toy Story, the original Toy Story. So, Jake, what, what, what do you love about this film? Why is it four on your list? It's, it's the OG, man. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, it's true. Like, we wouldn't have Pixar without this film, which is, like, reason enough for it to be in, like, the top 100 films of all time. Um, but no, I mean, it's not only that, but it's just a really good movie. Like this movie is so much better than it should be. Um, and it it just proved not only where technology was going, but where storytelling with animation was going. And it just builds a world that you can see yourself in, you want to be in. It tells a great story that everyone can relate to. Um, and it's just a fun ride. And it's just crazy to me that this was made in like what, 1993 or something like that. 95. 95. 95. Yeah. Can you imagine? Like, it's just, I think of computers and technology back then and somehow they were able to make this film. It's just, it's insane. Um, I mean, there are so many people that passed over this film because they thought there's no way that computer animation is going to be the future like hand drawn is so good. Why would we ever put computer animation up until then? It was all these movies that fell into the uncanny Valley. And so I understand that, but for this film to come out and be the hit that it was, that's mind blowing. I mean, it's it, this movie changed the face of animation. Yeah. And it and works something that it I works because it's toys though. Like the people in this movie are scary looking. Yeah. They definitely <laughs> fall into the uncanny. Oh, valley. we're, we're still that, there. But, <laughs> yeah I yeah I think uh, this movie for me was I, I remember watching it as a kid and I remember feeling a connection to it in ways that I hadn't felt connections to other movies before and I think part of that is it captures childhood and the innocence so well and how do you deal with change in that Woody's dealing with change in buzz coming into his life and how that disrupts everything. And I, I, it was, it was at such a point in my life that when I saw it, it just resonated with me in such a way that I hadn't as a five-year-old. And I think that even as a, you know, as a kid, you, I don't know if I fully comprehended this whole entire movie, but I remember part of it just sitting with me and like having, you know, these thoughts of that, you know, you hadn't had in a movie before. I feel like this is the first time that I actually thought about a movie instead of just consuming what was on screen for me. And that's, I don't want to say that I was having thoughts of, you know, the complexities within Sid and childhood and all those things, but you know, you have those thoughts of growing up and that's, that's an incredibly powerful thing for Toy Story to do. And the characters that they introduce in this movie are well-rounded well executed they're fun it it works it works so well like i don't i don't know of another movie that just hit it out of the park in such an adventurous way as this movie has it beginning to end was a risk if you read the entire story behind this movie and behind how pixar got started and i think that's another reason why this movie is so incredible is the story behind it if you read how Pixar got its start with this movie, That's that adds so much to it in that they poured everything into this movie 
and they poured everything they had into this movie and it was a success in every sense of the word and and in a lot of ways in the face of a lot of the film industry in that they tried something new and they revolutionized animation. Like I don't think that's a a thing that too many other animation films can say with the exception of like Snow White, which was one of the first feature length animated films or Lion King and the way that they started using planes um, like different distance planes within Lion King, not like airplanes, but you know, (laughs) planes of depth. Um, Trevor, what are your thoughts on the original? I mean, it is it, like Jake said. It's it's the original. This 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 film changed the game, in in many ways. Not because it was computer animation. Um, I mean, it was, and that did change the game. But also the story that it tells. Watching this as a child, like this is what it's like. What you want your toys to be doing when you're not playing with them, right? Like so true. Like hanging out with each other and also playing with each other. Like it is. It is exactly what you want. the The style of this is fantastic. The, I mean, Andy's cloud wallpaper is amazing. I mean, the whole thing, every every single bit of this is so is iconic. Fantastic. Um, it the screenplay was co written by Joss Whedon, which is a really fun fact. Um, and Joel Cohen of the Cohen Brothers. Yeah, and I mean, I think I think Joss Whedon is like one of our great storytellers. Um. And, and and see this in his filmography. I had kind of forgotten that, and it really amused me. Um, I saw this movie as a kid five times in theaters. I kept begging my grandmother to take me to see it again, <laughs> and I wanted to see it again and again. And it's still, wow. that's obviously, I mean, you would think the most, definitely the most times I've ever seen a movie in theaters, and probably will never see another movie five times in theaters ever again, unless I have my own obnoxious grandchild who does that to me. But it's just it's just perfect it's it's perfect the it and it has i mean obviously the most organic merchandising of all time and that that like doesn't even feel like it's merchandising it feels like you're inviting everyone to be a part of the story by selling them the merchandise by selling them the characters which is like this bizarre this bizarre marriage of capitalism and whimsy That's what, Dins- yeah. that's what Disney what? is going for with every movie. I guess I guess that's true. You're right. <laughs> Never mind. It's not bizarre yeah. at all, but it what is a awesome. great movie. <laughs> what a great way to start off the Pixar universe and ultimately deliver us their first film. Uh, I we earlier I mentioned how I loved the Monsters Inc. cast, but I, I'm running through the cast list now and. I mean, you look at Tom Hanks as Woody, Tim Allen as Buzz, and then you have Don Rickles as Mr. Potato Head, Jim Varney as Slinky, Wallace Shawn as Rex, Sean, John Ratzenberger Wallace as Wallace Shawn is the best in this movie. He's um, It's amazing. I, it works. Like, it's just so well executed. Like, I can't... I can't find a hole in this movie story-wise or character-wise, and I, I, I think that's such a a feat of the movie is that it's I don't know anybody that doesn't like this movie I mean have you guys ever met anybody that's like man that Toy Story movie is garbage <laughs> like everybody loves this movie right oh yeah no yeah Un- unfriend if someone dislikes this movie unfriend <laughs> it's a, it's literally at and 100% it, on Rotten Tomatoes 
it seriously is a perfect movie. And it's also like, if you want to find a way to learn about story structure and like screenwriting, just watch the, mm. just watch this movie yeah. over and over again. Cause it seriously is the perfect story arc example. It's so good. Which is, I mean, watch for that, for that matter, watch any Joss Whedon film. Joss Whedon literally has storyboards where he plans out what emotions he wants you to feel when in his movies. And you can watch, Serenity, you can watch the TV show Firefly, you can watch mm, Avengers 1. What you, you say? Rest in peace, Firefly. Gone too soon. <laughs> uh, that show, if you, if you, our, to our audience, if you haven't seen Firefly or Serenity, please go watch it. It's fantastic. It's a space western, and I mean a space, space western, not like Star Wars space. I mean literally a western set in space. Fantastic. Well done, Joss Whedon. Okay. Any other thoughts before we move on to our top two on Toy Story? Nope. All righty. Here we go. Top two. So our top two, we all had these three films or these two films in our top three. Two of us had these as our first and second. Um, We had them flipped. But our number two film with 48 out of 51 points is Inside Out. Mm. So, Inside Out, Jake, this was your number one film. Why, to you, is this the best Pixar film? That's a great question, because as I was making this list, I just it just kept climbing higher and higher. Um, this, this is, I think that this movie will be looked at as either the beginning of Pixar 2.0 or the end of Pixar as a studio. Um, This is a masterpiece in every sense of the way. Visually, story, acting, the characters that they create, um, the world that they build. Um, And I think the reason why it kept creeping up higher on my list, because you can say that about every Pixar movie, pretty much at least our top 10 um and this movie really is just perfect in every technical category but i think what this movie does that i love so much is it just is able to give everybody uh but especially kids a way to talk about really difficult things that um that even like change the way scientists and doctors talk about things like emotion and depression and happiness and sadness. And um, like, it is a shame that Amy Poehler wasn't nominated for best actress with this role. Um, This, this movie is so good and it's the only Pixar movie um, besides the first like five minutes of up. And when I thought the toy story three characters were going to (laughs) die, the only moment in an animated film that I like cried and teared up. Um, and bing bong. Yeah. Bing bong, man. Bing bong will get you. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I never (laughs) thought I would say that sentence before this movie that bing bong would get you, but he does. All right. Bing bong. (laughs) Bing bong in this film is like the best possible friend. Like, it's like, so literally oh, the best possible friend. And I, that character kicks you in the feels so many times, like in such a story driven way. And in such a way that I think every single person can relate to that. 
I, I, I don't know how that character is not, when you talk about the greatest characters in Pixar films of all time, how is Bing Bong not in the and conversation? He's every on screen for like oh, 10 for sure. minutes. Is he, yeah. I mean, even that it's long, nuts. that's it. Like it's so it's super short, but I mean, it's, it, it really deserves to be in the conversation. And last thing I'll say, and then I'll let you guys say your, your points. Um, another thing that I love about this film is they take something as complex as like thought in the human brain and Leia out in a visual, like physical character, humanized, anthropomorphized way that you're just like, yeah, that totally makes sense. Yeah. And it does make sense. Like scientifically it makes sense, but also just creatively story wise, um, what they do with memories and just also the animation of this film, all the characters, uh, this this movie, I could talk for a really long time about this movie, but um, yeah, it's my, it's my number one Pixar film of all time, uh, and it's it's not my f- I don't think it's my favorite to watch, um, but I do think it is the best. So, Trevor, what do you? So, think? wait, quick question then: what is your what is your favorite? I don't I'm not, I'm not trying to put you on the spot. If you think this is the best, but what's your favorite then? Uh, I think The Incredibles is my favorite. Like, I want to watch a fun Pixar movie. We'll watch The Incredibles because it's okay. just so fun and lighthearted. No, that's great. I, I was, I honestly was just curious. Yeah. So, I um, think, yeah, Trevor, this, the things that stick out to Inside Out about me. One, the the ambition and the scope of this film are immense, um, and they nailed it. I mean, how often do we talk about how like we give points, we give movies extra points for having a huge ambition, but not quite getting there. Like uh, what comes to mind for me is cloud Atlas, a film that's a decent film, but was just so hard to execute because of how big it is. But this film is the, the ambition is just incredibly massive and they nail it completely. This is one of the few films that like, I know we talked about this with, with saving private Ryan framing the way that we think about D day, this film like frames the way that I think about like the inside of my brain, like, like the way that things are stored, the way that emotions are in there. I don't, th- I don't quite anthropomorphize my emotions quite to this extent, but, but seeing all of this, um, just kind of laid out really, I, I think it kind of helps you to conceptualize kind of how you, you, your own self are. And I think films that teach us something about ourselves when we watch them are, is maybe the biggest, the best thing that film can do for us. And I have this movie at number three. Um, it's not, it, I had it at number one in my initial list. I moved some things around. I fought with this and Wally for a while. Toy Story three has such an emotional impact. This could easily have been number one on a different day. Um, it's an amazing film. I don't own a lot of movies because I don't usually like watching movies a lot again, but this is definitely a film that I own. Um, actually my wife, um, asked for it for Christmas It's the only time she's ever asked for a movie ever. Um, which says a a lot about how good it is. I think, um, definitely a movie that I would have wanted to purchase anyway, just because of how good it is. Like you can watch this. It doesn't need to be watched over and over again, but you, I feel like you kind of need to watch it every now and then to kind of put some things in your life in perspective. Um, and to think about how to process these things. And there's a lot of different layers to this that are, I don't know, intentional or unintentional. There's a lot of, um, writing on this movie online about digging really into some of the depths of it. And it's very interesting. Normally when I say this phrase, I mean it as a negative thing. Like, so normally I think this is the most Pixar film of a Pixar of all Pixar films. 
And normally when I say that, I mean that in a negative way, like, oh my gosh, that's the most Michael Bay of, <laughs> of Michael Bay movies. And I don't mean that in a, in a positive Wait, what way. what is and the most Michael Bay movie? This is the most movie. Pixar film. Pain and Gain. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect answer. <laughs> Pain and Gain, without a doubt. A film that doesn't need explosions, but still has explosion like oh, oh my gosh that, that movie that the camera is literally never level in that movie <laughs> or still yeah it's like it literally it's moves like michael bay had a hours. fever dream and then made it into a movie shot for shot wow no so true. it's like michael bay took steroids and then was like yo bros let's get jacked let's make a movie <laughs> and then made a movie i, I oh. <laughs> We're getting we're getting outside of talking about what I want oh, to talk sorry. about. I think Inside Out's the most Pixar film of Pixar films in that it blends real emotions, literally, and real world issues with a child's story and animation, but it does it in a, such a successful way that I think for a lot of kids, uh, Trevor, you talked about this a little bit, but I think a lot of kids will grow up thinking of emotions framed completely by the way that this movie tells emotions and talks about memories. And I think that there are people who even would go on to think of like the memory islands and the way that you forget things. And I think that this movie frame will end up like 10 years from like 20 years from now, when kids who saw this movie are making movies, I think that a lot of people will talk, go back and talk about this movie. I think this is a movie that's going to when a lot of movies fade fade away. I think this movie will stand stand up and only get better as time goes on. I think I mean this is like Lion King uh, I'm trying to think of other like huge animation Beauty and the Beast. I mean this is this is a once in a generation movie and I it hits on every single level. It's emotional, it's funny. It has the world creation that Pixar normally does so well and does it better in this movie than I think in most movies. This movie could so easily be my number one film. The only reason it's not is because of a couple of things we'll get to in just a sec, but it just, it works. The cast is amazing. I mean, you have Amy Poehler and Phyllis Smith and as joy and sadness. And they're like outside of the first minute of the movie, I, I completely forgot they were playing those because they do so well in voicing those characters. Phyllis is amazing. Louis Black, Bill Hader, Mindy Calling. Yeah. Um, I think this movie has so much to say and so many good things for kids to hear and so many good conversation starters about, okay, you need sadness to experience joy. And if you experience sadness, then that joy is higher. And sometimes because of that joy, sadness is lower. And But those two complement each other so well. And I, that's such a adult concept that they've created into such a simple idea. And if the movie's that alone, it still is amazing, but it's so much more than just that. And I, I don't know if there will ever be another film that does as much social, does as much good for helping us talk about emotions and what's inside of us as this film does. I think this film at least for kids is going to be such an amazing conversation starter with their parents of how to deal with these issues and how to talk through uh, sadness in a, in an adult way. So I, I, I love this film. 
it's incredibly rewatchable. I mean, you think for a film that has this much depth that it wouldn't be on. I mean, you can watch this film over and over again, catch something new every time. It just gets better and better every single time you watch it. There's not a bad moment in this movie. There's not, it's, it's, it, it's amazing. It's, it's the fact that this movie even got made. I mean, to think about nowadays when everything is sequels, everything is universes. The fact that they just went out there and made this movie like, as itself and for what it is and that the studio made it. I mean, think, think about the idea of how cheesy this movie could be if it's not executed. Right. And they do it in such a perfect way that it's, it's never hokey or cheesy. It's perfect. It's, I don't, I can't say too many, I can't say anything bad about this movie. And it's, I, it's a perfect film. Yeah. So. Yeah. 100% agree. Yeah. 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 But there is one film that I believe in Pixar's repertoire is better than this. And that is Wally, which got 50 of the 51 points. Uh, Trevor and I had it at our number one. Even Jake had it at number two. Um, I talked a lot about Wally when we did our top 10 episode. It's my fourth favorite film of all time. And I, it's, it's, it does more with zero words than most films do with a lot of words. Um, in that the way that it gets us to care about this robot, a, a robot, it is nothing short of magic. And I think that's the ultimate thing that I look for when I go to movies. I want that magic in a movie. I want to be whisked away and taken on a journey and, filled with emotion and filled with, um, you know, hope. And I think this movie is the most hopeful of Pixar movies in the bleakest, maybe most realistic, scary version of our future possible, um, between trash and between, uh, how do I phrase this between our consumption of media? And I say this as I'm doing a movie podcast, um, Amazon but, is BNL. Yeah, that's pretty. That's you think pretty so? You think Amazon's point. the BNL? They just bought a grocery yeah. store. Yeah. Yeah, they oh, they gosh. own everything. Yeah. So, th- this movie is perfect for me, beginning to end. Characters: Wally, Eve, Bernie, the human characters, the journey it takes you on. I mean, this movie moves from Earth to space, back to Earth. Spoiler. Um, in such a natural way and the villain that they craft is is perfect the there's so many good things in this movie that ultimately fill me with hope and that's what I want in a movie and I I love this movie I think the animation in it's beautiful story's perfect it's an all-around perfect film that I could watch over and over again for years so yeah, we're, what are your guys' thoughts on Wally? Trevor, why did you have Wally as one? Wally is number one for a few reasons. One, it's basically a silent film, and it was made in 2007. Now I know, or 2008. I know that the artist won Best Picture a little bit later, which was like an actual silent Boo. film, which Boo. basically <laughs> won Best Picture because it was a silent film that wasn't boring. It's the most Oscar Beatty of all. Yeah, it really is. Films, but Wally is a silent film, basically that does everything a silent film is supposed to do. 
you don't hear any dialogue in the entire first act. And it doesn't matter um, because you have two characters that are engaging. The, this is like a masterclass in how to tell a story visually. And that's what that's like basically all this film does at the same time. The story that it tells is the single most realistic and therefore terrifying possible future for our earth. Um, <laughs> this is it's so it's true. not it's not post-apocalyptic in like this crazy virus outbreak that kills almost everyone or there's a nuclear holocaust or aliens and invade. No, we just consume so much trash and stupid crap that we just pile it up <laughs> everywhere and we get so tired of cleaning it we'd literally just leave this is this is like the most possible future for humanity i think and that's why it's so terrifying because it feels so real also it's an animated movie that was aimed at kids when my sister my sister was asking me what we were going to podcast on this week because she's been listening that's one of our three listeners she what up i said that's right hey so she asked what my number one pixar was and i said it's wally she said i don't like that movie and i said when did you see it she's like i saw it in theater when i was 10 and i was like yeah i can get that (laughs) this this is like the least children's children's movie of all time i can totally understand where a 10 this does not appeal to a 10 year old whatsoever this where this belongs is in dr corpy's post post apocalyptic dystopian science fiction class because that's what this film is and the way it the way that it tells its story is just amazing um it's 98 minutes long it uses every single one of them appropriately um wally is an incredibly dynamic and charismatic character who literally gets people on board just by his charisma and his his hope and his his faith that is played out without him literally saying or i guess saying a single word um it's it's just it's an amazing film Jake Yeah i mean you guys really summed it up um i have this at number 2 i actually think that this is pixar's like pixariest film um just in terms of like Pixar magic and what it's able to do with plot and story without even using a single word. Uh, definitely the best silent film in like the last 50 years. Um, it's about a robot that can't talk, but it says more about humanity than I think any movie has in a really long time. Um, or at least like top three. Um, it's just, it's just really good. And the twists and it's just a lot of fun. It's it's, it's a great, great movie and like you said trevor it's this is definitely like i think the least child movie that pixar made um but with each watch it just gets better and better and so it's this is great but it's pixar like what sucks about ranking these films is like literally any film in my top four i could put as number one depending on the day so I feel like yeah, I feel like you. I was overly I think- bleak in what in my description of the film's themes. What what makes it all work is the hopefulness of the ending. Um yeah. especially I mean mm-hmm. Wally's Wally's continued hope pushing on and slowly kind of taking over the humans and reminding them what they are and what they what they've been and what they can be. Um it it just it 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 starts bleak and it moves organically through to to a hope and a happy ending and a and a 
it's almost like a it it, it feels like it, the film is saying like what are you going to do about this yeah yeah i can't think of another film that highlights the dangers of current lifestyles and the current culture of just being apathetic towards everything um and blends that with hopefulness in such a natural and sincere way like there's no it never feels like it's pandering to anybody it always feels natural it always feels heartfelt um and the love story that's in here i mean the way that they're able to craft emotions between two characters that only can really say their names and the way that they're able to create chemistry on screen between these two characters is magical. And I wish that more movies or more filmmakers would watch this and just understand that the way that you craft us caring about your characters isn't by having them tell each other of their emotions by, but it's by having them interact in such a natural way. And the way that comes across on screen in, in, in a movie of robots and the fact that it's robots that are showing this kind of love is amazing. I mean, it's, it's movie making one oh one in terms of like show yeah. don't tell. That that's really what it comes yeah. down to. And and they do it perfectly. But that's such a simple thing, Jake, that you just said that's it's movie making one oh one, but they do it in such a flawless way. Yeah, and most um, most people don't do that anymore. So yeah. No, not at all. All right. My last thing to say, that's I just our... I just looked up the best oh, picture so nominees nice. for the year that Wally was released. They are Slumdog Millionaire, Benjamin Button, Frost Nixon, Milk, and The Reader. How on earth was this not nominated? Wow. Yikes. That is a horrible list. This is And this Slumdog is, won, didn't it? Slumdog won, yes. Yeah, Slumdog won. Wally is so much better than any of those. Of those films, the only one I can. Gosh. Frost Nixon's great, yeah. but I don't. Wow, that's a bad. I agree. That's also it wasn't two thousand no two thousand nine. Never mind. Okay, I was about to say it wasn't two thousand eight. The year that Batman Begins or I mean uh, the Dark Knight came out, Mm -hmm. but that's the next year. Okay. Any other thoughts on Pixar, guys? We good? Okay, let's run through our overall list one more time. Coming in at number seventeen is Cars two, sixteen The Good Dinosaur, fifteen It's Brave. 14's Monster University, 13 is Cars, 12 is A Bug's Life, 11 is Finding Dory, 10 is Finding Nemo, 9 is Toy Story 2, 8 is Monsters, Inc., 7 is Up, 6 is Ratatouille, 5 is The Incredibles, 4 is Toy Story 3, number 3 is Toy Story, number 2 is Inside Out, and coming in at number 1 is Wally. Um, do you guys want to run through your lists one time of just consecutively how you guys had things? Sure. Um, for me, I didn't see Good Dinosaur or Cars 2, so starting at 15, uh, Brave, 14, Cars, 13, Monsters U, 12, Finding Dory, 11, Bugs Life, 10, Up, 9, Toy Story 2, 8, Ratatouille, 7, Toy Story 3, 6, Finding Nemo, 5, Monsters, Inc., 4, uh, 4, Toy Story 1, 3, The Incredibles, 2, Wally and one inside out. Trevor? 
I also, as we said earlier, have not seen the good dinosaur Cars 2. Um, Rolling Down from 15 Cars, Monsters U, A Bug's Life, Brave, Finding Dory, Monsters Inc., Finding Nemo, Up, Ratatouille, Incredibles. My top five are Toy Story 2, Toy Story 1, Inside Out, Toy Story 3, and WALL-E. Big on the Toy Story. Love Toy Stories. They're so good. All righty. You have all three Toy Stories in your top five. I didn't notice that. Cool. Um, coming in at number 17 for me is Cars 2, 16's Brave, 15's Monsters U, 14's Finding Dory, 13's A Bug's Life, 12 is Cars, 11, The Good Dinosaur, 10, Finding Nemo, 9 is The Incredibles, 8's Toy Story 2, 7 is Monsters, Inc., 6 is Ratatouille, 5 is Toy Story 3, 4 is Toy Story 1, Number three is up. Number two is inside out. And the final film on my list at number one is Wally. So that rounds out our rankings of Pixar films. Guys, do you guys have content of the week to recommend? I do. All righty, Jake, let's get started with you. What is your content of the week? So if you are a Pixar fan, and I assume you are because we're an hour and 43 minutes into this episode, um, <laughs> uh, I would read Creativity Inc. by Ed Catmull. It's written by the yes. president and founder of Pixar, just about the story of creating Pixar and what he learned about building a creative business. Um, if you are a person that just loves Pixar, but also if you're a person that wants to be a creative professional one day, read this book. It is not only just a fascinating story about Pixar, it's just really, really well told. Um, it's great storytelling uh, and just a lot of good life lessons. Um, would highly recommend it. It's a pretty quick read and just a lot of fun. And uh, one of my favorite stories is about how they accidentally deleted Toy Story and the movie almost never <laughs> existed. So yeah, that's that's a great read and would highly recommend Creativity Inc. by Ed Catmull. So so I basically what Trevor, you're telling you me is, is you shouldn't use computer animation because it's too risky. True. True story. Okay, my thing hand is going to be a YouTube channel. Um, it, and actually, it's a playlist on a specific channel. It's on the Crash Course channel. Um, if you guys don't know about that, um, it's run by, started by John Green and his brother, um, Hank Green, John Green of the Fault in Our Stars fame, but also Vlog Brothers and a lot of different YouTube-y, science-y things. Um, they've got great videos that are kind of as they say crash courses in all kinds of things world history american history literature biology physics i've watched a lot of them they've recently a few weeks ago started a film history series and they put out a, about a 10 minute video every week um, running through the history of film um they've they've hit a lot of the high points um from my film history class that i took at baylor so um if you're interested in taking a film history class or interested in the history of film how we got there uh this is a great summary of that and going off of that i just watched if you're if you're looking for a little more of that pixar magic that pixar whimsy find google um trip to the moon by georges melier which is the original special effects um tour de force in film it was made in the 1890s, and it's absolutely amazing. So those two things, Crash Course Film History and Trip to the Moon, Georges Méliès. Very nice. Perfect. Alrighty, I'm going to... I have two recommends, both dealing with Pixar. The first of which is a documentary called The Pixar Story, which gives you a behind-the-scenes look at how Pixar got started and 
um, how they got to kind of where they are today. It's a really good documentary, worth checking out. Highly recommend it. If you like Pixar uh, and you like documentaries, I think it's going to be right up your alley. The second thing I'm going to recommend is a website and a website for a theory oh, called the Pixar. I'm so theory. glad we're talking about this. Okay, so there is a theory out there of how the entire Pixar universe <laughs> is all set in one universe and how it's all connected. It sounds terrible and it sounds like a hokey thing that's jokey, uh, but it actually makes a lot of sense. It's so good. Have you guys read the Pixar it's theory? It's so good. Yeah, it's, it's fascinating. So if you are interested in reading the Pixar theory, go to pixartheory.com. You can go there and you can read of how all these movies take place from the 14th century all the way up until the 5000 BC. And if you want to read, so on the website is actually chronological order of how it all plays together. But if you want to read the story with more details, there's a link on the bottom of the page called Sources. And there it will take you to the author, John Negrani's website. And on there, you will be able to read the entire theory from beginning to end in the original format that it was tested. John uh, also has a book coming out soon on this entire theory, which will be more detailed. But for now, you can go to the website, read it there, and you can go to the sources sec tab at the very body at the very bottom, which will take you to John's website and will let you read the entire theory. Highly entertaining, highly well thought out, worth a read. It'll take you 10 minutes and it's well worth your time. Alrighty. Well, I'm surprised um, that we got done this quickly. Hour 45. There we go. That's pretty nice. Alrighty, episode 8 of Popcorn Optional is over. We've now done as many episodes as Star Wars in <laughs> less than 30 years. Same so same quality. Same level of quality as Star same Wars. Same quality. Okay, this is better than, this yeah, is better just than as Attack good. of the Clones. I can guarantee you that. Good point. Fair. Shorter, I can, too. I can guarantee this you This episode was shorter. So. If you would... <laughs> If you would rather something more entertaining than Attack of the Clones, just listen to one of our episodes. <laughs> Probably be better. Hopefully. I hope. If not, I'm really sorry. Um, <laughs> that's all we have for tonight. If you want to, if you like what you've heard tonight, please go to iTunes and give us a review. Give us five stars and recommend this to your friends. That's the way that this is going to keep going is if that if you guys love us, please recommend us. Please get the word out there. Uh, we're really passionate about this, and we really love this, and, and we want to we want to share this with as many people as possible. And so, if you like it, please go to iTunes, give us a review, and please share it with your friends. You can find us online. Our website is popcornoptional.com. You can find us on Twitter at popcornoptional, and you can go to Facebook, search popcornoptional, and our Facebook page will come up as well. You can find me, Cameron Selena, online on Twitter and Instagram at 321CamiTime. Jake, where can we find you online? Just type jakebrown.tv somewhere and you'll find me. Trevor, what about you? I am at TurboTrevor on Twitter and Instagram. All right. We've loved talking to you. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of us ranking Pixar films. So until next week, we will see you next week. Have a good time, guys. Bye. See ya.